Hello, welcome to this podcast. These are the daily audio devotions from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska, as they are prepared by Pastor Adam Moline. You can check out our church website, goodshepherdlincoln.org, if you want to uh, get more of these particular devotions. They're also available in video format on our YouTube page. Let's get into today's devotion. Hello and welcome to our daily devotion from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm Pastor Adam Moline. Today we're going to continue our look at the life of King David and how it is fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ. We talked last time about how Absalom and Amnon reflected Cain and Abel, about how one brother struck down the other. Today we're going to continue that and we're going to hear how this continued to escalate in the future. We're going to pick up with 2 Samuel chapter 14. Absalom had run away from his father after murdering his brother, and David loves his son still and desires him to return still and to forgive him and let him live in that forgiveness. 2 Samuel 14. Now Joab, the son of Zeruiah, knew that the king's heart went out to Absalom. And Joab sent to Tekoa and brought from there a wise woman and said to her, Pretend to be a mourner and put on mourning garments. Do not anoint yourself with oil, but behave like a woman who has been mourning many days for the dead. Go to the king and speak thus to him. So Joab put the words in her mouth. When the woman of Tekoa came to the king, she fell on her face to the ground and paid homage to him and said, Save me, O king. And the king said to her, What is your trouble? She answered, Alas, I am a widow. My husband is dead, and your servant had two sons, and they quarreled with one another in the field. And there was no one to separate them, and one struck the other and killed him. And now the whole clan has risen against your servant. And they say, Give up the man who struck his brother, that we may put him to death for the life of his brother whom he killed. And so they would destroy her also. Thus they would quench my coal that is left and leave to my husband neither name nor remembrance on the face of the earth. Then the king said to the woman, Go to your house and I will give orders concerning you. And the woman of Tekoa said to the king, On me be the guilt, my lord the king, and on my father's house. Let the king and his throne be guiltless. The king said, If anyone says anything to you, bring him to me, and he shall never touch you again. Then she said, Please let the king invoke the Lord your God, that the avenger of blood kill no more, and my son not be destroyed. He said, As the Lord lives, not one hair of your son shall fall to the ground. Then the woman said, Please let your servant speak a word to my lord the king. He said, Speak. And the woman said, why then have you planned such a thing against the people of God? For in giving this decision, the king convicts himself, inasmuch as the king does not bring his banished one home again. We all must die. We are like water spilled on the ground. 
which cannot be gathered up again. God will not take away life, and he devises means so that the banished one will not remain an outcast. Now I have come to say this to my lord the king, because the people have made me afraid, and your servant thought, I will speak to the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his servant. For the king will hear and deliver his servant from the hand of the man who would destroy me and my son together, the heritage of God. And your servant thought, the word of my lord the king will set me at rest. For my lord the king is like the angel of God to discern good and evil. The Lord your God be with you. Then the king answered the woman, Do not hide from me anything I ask you. And the woman said, Let my lord the king speak. The king said, Is the hand of Joab with you in all this? The woman answered and said, As surely as you live, my lord the king, one cannot turn to the right hand or to the left from anything my lord the king has said. It was your servant Joab who commanded me. It was he who put all these words in the mouth of your servant. In order to change the course of things, your servant Joab did this. But my Lord has wisdom like the wisdom of the angel of God to know all things that are on the earth. Then the king said to Joab, Behold now, I grant this. Go, bring back the young man Absalom. And Joab fell on his face to the ground and paid homage and blessed the king. And Joab said, Today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, my lord the king, in that the king has granted the request of his servant. So Joab arose and went to Geshur and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, Let him dwell apart in his own house. He is not to come into my presence." So Absalom lived apart in his own house and did not come into the king's presence. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I know that's a rather long section and perhaps it seems like not that much is happening, but we see here how there is forgiveness. Forgiveness for all sins. Forgiveness in David's eyes. Forgiveness for David's son. There are still consequences for sin, aren't there? Absalom is allowed to return home, but he's to live in his own house, separated from his father, unable to see him face to face. He has murdered his brother, but there is still forgiveness, even as there are earthly consequences. Now, What do you do with forgiveness? That's a question we'll have to ask as we continue to look at Absalom's life. As a Christian, when our sins are forgiven, we live in that forgiveness. We seek to do what is right. We avoid recommitting the sins of our past to the very best of our abilities. We want to live in the forgiveness even as we deal with earthly consequences. Our sins are not merely forgiven by a worldly ruler like King David. Our sins are forgiven by our Lord Jesus Christ, who bore them to the cross, who paid the penalty for them, who died and rose again, that our sins may be forgiven. 
That's the truth for your sin and for mine. Live in that forgiveness. Do not forsake that forgiveness. Do not take advantage of that forgiveness. My most common example for this is if two brothers are playing baseball in the living room and they break a window or a lamp or a vase, when their father comes home and sees the broken window or lamp, he's angry. There are consequences. Perhaps the kids are grounded. Perhaps they have to do a chore. Perhaps they have to pay to have things fixed. But out of love, the father does forgive them. And he also says these words, no more baseball in the living room. Will the sons then, having been forgiven, continue to play baseball the very next day in the living room? Will they continue to break things, hitting them with baseballs? Of course not. In the forgiveness they have been given, they will seek to no longer commit that sin or wrong. They will seek to do what is right. That's the chance Absalom has. That's what you have in the forgiveness of Jesus. This is a very important concept for us to wrap our minds around in this day and age. So many Christians say things like, we're forgiven, so now we can do whatever we want. Christ has already died. Who cares what you do? Repent of that idea. Repent of that sin. Live in forgiveness and seek to now do what is right going forward. Do not let sin Rule in your hearts as Absalom will. Instead, trust in the mercy of God and live in that forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, amen.